Great. Okay. So let's have a... You know, we want to learn together, and we, we, we are very conscious that we might be um, scratching some areas where you have itches, but other areas where that isn't the case. And so we always like to give time for questions, time to, to really sort of help you grow in this whole area of um, living like Jesus intended us to live. So um, I'm sure you've had lots of questions stirred up by what we've shared already. So I'd just love to, to hear those questions and we'll have a go at answering them. And we'll be very honest, if we haven't got an answer, we just tell you, we don't know. You know so um, we're not trying to um, impress you with our knowledge, but we are trying to help you. There may be something that we've learned on the journey that will help you in the future. So um, it can be of any level in church life, in your personal life, whatever. Okay, so um, let's have the first question. I might repeat it so it gets um, recorded. Okay, so who's going to be first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to ask, um, I think yesterday you mentioned about the evangelism and the outreach, like going out and praying for people for healing. Yeah. What if you do go out and you, there's someone that you pray for and Hey, welcome to my world. <laughs> I went out with the, the last, um, last time we went out uh, treasure hunting. We do that quite regularly. Not because we think there's anything particularly um, so special about treasure hunting or particularly biblical. It's just one of those exercises that just attunes you to hearing God um, uh, for yourself and for others. So if you don't know what that is, let me just quickly explain. We basically just get people into groups of four. We ask them to ask God for clues. Who is it that you want me to encounter today and to give something of God's love to? And maybe God will give you something of their dress, something of their appearance, something of their location, something that's un unique or special. And, uh, and then you go out and find your treasure. And you go out... And your name, yeah, we get names and get them, you know, extraordinarily accurately. Well, the last time I went out, everybody I approached, because uh, I usually go up and say, oh, I think, I think you're my treasure. I'm on a really strange treasure hunt, and I think you're my treasure. And I showed them, and they said, no, that's not me. You got the right, you know, no, that's not me, not me. Can I pray for you anyway? No, 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 no. So I had a whole day where nobody responded. So... I understand what you're saying. I understand your pain. I have experienced it. I've experienced extraordinary things as well on the, on the streets. What I find is this. The very fact that you are bothered to ask somebody, should you pray for them, impacts them. And when you do pray for them, they are grateful, whether anything happens or not. And of course, you don't know, and we've had occasions where this has happened, where actually the answer of prayer has come 24 hours later um, but I, we have it's been our experience and we do this a lot we rarely get people offended by the fact that it doesn't seem like the prayers have been answered they just love the fact that you're so bothered about them that you would pray for them so I know it can seem like it, it could be an obstacle but actually it, it isn't people are just thrilled that you're willing see a lot of these people have just got nobody who cares for them. You know. And sometimes you meet people in, and you might just want to just, you might just sort of touch their shoulder and that might be the first touch of somebody else that they've experienced for years. 
And we've encountered that. We've encountered that. Um, we did this crazy thing once when we gave free hugs away. And um, we... Uh, and just... In COVID, you can't do it since COVID. But this is pre-COVID. And, uh, and this dear old lady just wept because she literally hadn't been hugged for years. And, um, uh, uh, you know, it, it just can be very, very special. So... Don't worry about how could this negatively be interpreted because that's not been our experience. We haven't found it to be a negative thing at all, that people are just thrilled that you're bothered. To go up to a stranger and offer to pray for them, that takes a lot of um, sacrifice and people appreciate that. Is that helpful? Okay, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. So in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Yeah. So, just in terms of what you've shared, where would you see, say, the gift of healing fitting in? Yeah. Do you see that as just any time any of you or anyone prays to heal, that's a gift of healing? Or do you see it as that's something that some people have as a gift? That is yeah. like, how's that going to fit? Very good. Very, very good. Clearly, the scriptures say that as a disciple, we are to pray for the sick. So that, I think, and heal the sick, Pedro, even sit, uh, you're right, you're, my wife corrects me constantly, she's the real theologian, and uh, yeah, we are called to heal the sick, and therefore, we, I don't think we can, we can hide behind the fact and say, we haven't got the gift of healing, so we can't pray. Um, I don't believe I have a gift of healing. I, I, my stories come out of just being a Christian healing the sick, that's it. So I don't believe I've got the gift of healing, though I've got numerous stories of God healing. Okay. But I have met people who have got the gift of healing. And it, it's pretty obvious. It's like, it's like, you know, we can all prophesy, but there are prophets in the church and prophetesses in the church. They have just got a greater anointing that may even lead to an office in a church. And so I think both applies. So I mentioned earlier, we have appointed Matt, who's our evangelist and worker of miracles. Why? Because I believe he's got the gift of healing. Yeah. And we want to release him in that and endorse him in that, give him confidence in that. But, you know, we wouldn't say that to everyone, that we release in ministry, because that isn't their particular, their particular gift. Um, so I think both apply. I think all of us can heal the sick. But there are those who have a particular anointing and see uh, far more people healed. And in fact, that is the focus of their, their ministry. Okay, does that make sense? Does that answer that question? Yeah, yeah of course you can. Yeah. Um, also, actually, what it says is that they're to, you know, they're to train up and equip the body. Yeah. And so those with the role... Um, and that particular anointing are supposed to train up the rest of us so that we can do the stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that we don't do it. It just means they've got a really special anointing. And you know that you know, we've got people among us. We should have those Ephesians uh, you know, four ministries among us all the time. And those particular people who have that specific anointing on that ministry are the ones who should be training the rest of us to do it. Yeah. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, um, I love hanging around, uh, you know, prophets and prophetesses because it rubs up on, off, off on me and I find that the level of my prophetic goes up considerably because I've just been working with them or alongside them, carrying their bags and just, you know, it just 
It just happens. I love being in that environment. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. Next question. Come on, who's the next one? Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you daily remind yourself to live in that kingdom mindset and that kingdom? Like when you've got a busy life and you've had kids, like, seven grandchildren, yeah, it is busy, it is busy. Don't kid yourself. When you go to retirement thinking it's going to be so much easier, don't kid yourself, it isn't. Um, uh, Yeah, that's a a, a good question. I I would say I have mixed mix success on that yeah some days I feel yeah I could I'm really going for it I'm really sharp and I could encounter people and talk to strangers and oh yeah other days it can it can seem very remote and very far from reality so I have to live with that I live with that that tension not every day is a glory day and not every day am I riding on a yeah, I'm really, I'm really supernatural today. And, and sometimes I pull out. Oh, yeah, you know, I've been in situations where there's been an obvious, obvious, um, you know, opportunity and I haven't taken it. So um, we're still learning on that. I'm sure that, that's not the answer you want. You want somebody who does it all the time. Um, and no, it's something, I think it makes us understand this whole thing about default mode. You know, that it is so easy just to go back to what we think is, you know, uh, sort of traditional church Christianity. And uh, we, it's like elastic. It just so often pulls us back to that. And we have to be very proactive to not do that. So um, sometimes I'm really good at pulling that elastic. Other times um, it's more of a challenge. <coughs> And I think this is where we can encourage one another because, you know, Jesus did cause, call us to go out as a sort of a, the great swashbuckling individual, you know, who's going to go and win the world on their own. No, he called us to do it in community. He never sent the disciples out in less than twos, did he? They yeah. always had something. And I think this is where you can encourage one another. And so actually, you know, you can just share with one another. Always share your good news stories. Always share your good news stories. When you bump into each other in Morrison's or wherever you go to to shop, you know, just encourage one another and just also spur one another on and actually, uh, you know, and then be honest with each other. I mean, you know, I I will go to the supermarket and I'll get through the supermarket because I've got a bit of a sip of a brain. I get home and I think, oh my goodness, like again, I didn't ask God to show me somebody in the supermarket. But actually, that, in a sense, that's my heart. And I think you can say, Holy Spirit, will you just prod me so much, you know, will somebody across, come across my path? And also you can ask Holy Spirit to give you, a, um, in a sense, a sharper antenna to hear him, so that he, you know, so he's, he's speaking to you and saying, oh, see that lady over there? Or something might catch your eye, somebody, you know, or he might speak to you through scripture. You know, God speaks to us all the time through scripture. And, you know, just be, and so when you're spending time in the Word, just say, oh, Holy Spirit, just help me to, to really take this and use what you speak to me to bless somebody else. You know, I think it's that thing all the time. And also, just, just spur one another on and just share with each other how funny it was. I mean, last, last time I was at a food club, a food club, the two guys who go and collect, um, it's a lady and man, go and collect all the stuff from Morrison's, who've been absolutely amazing, they give us all the stuff as a food bank. 
And uh, we had to go and collect all the boxes and boxes of stuff they give us. And these two had gone and they came back and they were saying, oh, we must be kicking ourselves because the lady who was giving us all this food, we got to know her and we said to her, how was she? And she was then complaining about something. She got something wrong with her that day and they were thinking, oh yeah, we need to pray for you when we finish loading up. And then she said, and then we come back here and realised, no, we haven't prayed for her. You know, but actually that really encouraged me that they're still thinking of it. They did school several years ago. So encourage one another. You know, take each other out on the streets and say, hey, shall we go, shall we go and see who we can pray for? You know, oh, that's scary. But just, I think it's just encouraging one another and asking Holy Spirit just to give you a bit more of a prod than maybe you're used to, I think. Yeah, we're going to do some teaching tomorrow, which we should have done this afternoon. We didn't have time on how to create a faith-filled uh, culture and environment, which I think will be very practical on this subject. Just what you need to do in order for the, everybody to get involved. Because if everybody's involved, it's surprisingly easier as a result of that. Alone, it's tough. Mm. Uh, and uh, I would say, and I, I hope this is not going to be um, uh, negative, but I think it probably changes, it takes about 10 years to change the culture of a church. And it's taken us that long to get to a stage where you know, we are seeing miracles on a daily basis. Um, and that has been pursuing it with absolute you know, vigour. Yeah. Yeah. But we do it together, not alone. Otherwise you're you're crushing burn. Crushing burn, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, just sort of thinking, what, what would be a couple of examples of things we could do in church life, either on Sundays or gathered sevens, to stimulate that stuff? Yeah, I, I guess we're going to cover that anyway tomorrow. Yeah, so are you going to be with us tomorrow? Okay, get the, get the recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is simple things that, that you know, are, are nothing major, but we could do. For instance, we, we, we have a prayer team that is praying for people all the way through the service. They're, they're available. And they're available at the end. Um, and so just by saying, look, this is a house of prayer. We believe God answers prayer. There's nothing too small, nothing too big. We have a dedicated prayer team that are over in the corner over there. The cross is over there because the cross is the answer to every one of your problems. Um, if you need prayer during the worship, whatever you go, be prayed for. I mean, that's simple. But boy, has that been transformational. You know, people come now with an expectation that God can heal them on a Sunday. And they have story after story of the miraculous taking place in the corner of the building while the rest of people are worshipping. So just something simple like that could, um, yeah. could transform. But those things are shared with the church. That's the important thing. You share the testimony. So the church is used to hearing stories every week. Um, and you know we put it out on our um, on our feed from from the office. The office goes out. Everybody gets the you know is on the list. Gets the, the sort of news that every week, and it's got good news in it. You know something good news to celebrate. So it's just just cultivating that celebrating atmosphere of, of just sharing. And that's what I say to do to one another that you actually share. So instead of saying you know how are you when I've got a really bad back, which you might have, is say. You know, God's been so good to me this week because He provided this, or something little. You know, just do that, and then you can say, "But I really need you to pray for my back." You know, and just and sharing, sharing answers to prayer 
there's nothing like showing answers to prayer to encourage people to praise them. Yep. You know, to do that and uh, have it as, a, as part of your culture. Yep. Okay. Just, I was just going to say, we have, um, uh, we have now somebody uh, uh, volunteering who's dedicated just to keep a record of the good news stories. It's got so, it's got impossible for us to do that because there's so many. So we've got somebody now who comes in purely to do that because, and that just creates a culture of expectation, you know. It's taken us many years to get to that point. Um, I think because there are churches who are breaking through, that churches who are now coming behind will break through quicker. Um, but that's just that's how it's got to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, how do you sort of overcome anxiety? I think sometimes I have a, I think I have a word for someone. I don't bring it, and someone else says something very similar, and I kind of kick myself that I didn't. But like I just get really anxious and panicked. Yeah. Whether it's going to be okay. It, it's probably a great sign that it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Yeah, you get the rumbles in the tummy, you know, and uh, oh, the, the shakes. And, uh, um, sometimes God is very gracious in that he gives us physical manifestations to illustrate his direction. And, and so rather than seeing, you know, oh, this is terrible, I get anxious, I don't know whether, oh, this must be God. It must be God. I remember for, um, for most of my life, not recently, but most of my life, I would say, if God put a, 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 a stirring in me to bring a tongue, ah, oh, did my stomach go tend to the desert, my heart beat, you know, I had all the, the manifestations of anxiety, uh, and I just knew, hey, this is, I need to bring a message in tongues, and I, I, I would do it. As soon as I did it, it was, it was over. But I, I actually learned to use that as a, oh, it is, this is God. So can I just encourage you to, to think of it slightly differently. And this, hey, this is God. I, I feel anxious, but oh, that's God. That's God. I'm, it, I, and taking a step of faith doesn't mean we won't feel anxious. In fact, courage is stepping over that fear into faith, isn't it? And so I, I, I love to say you will never feel that again. But I'd be lying. Because I feel it still. There are still situations I go in where I'm thinking, God... I am just jumping into a pit with a lion and I'm not sure I can kill him. You know, it's that sort of feeling. Um, so I can't say it's going to end. Um, it just will get different. More challenges. Bigger challenges. Growing challenges. Yeah, yeah, And I think you just said, you know, I don't want to get it wrong. Ooh, that's a tough one. You've got to, you've got to kill it, basically. <laughs> the, the desire to be right all the time. Because actually God wants obedience and not necessarily the outcome. He's not looking for perfect outcomes all the time, but he's looking for your obedience. And that's really important. And also I'd say, you know, if there's a real fear there, um, then I'd say get somebody to pray with you for it, you know, just get find out the root of that and just throw it out, you know, the lies that are coming to your head, I've got to get it right or whatever, or you know. So I'd say do that if you find that you're fearful. Um, but, but there is nothing that should, you know, you're always going to have to step over it a bit, even if you, you know, really find that route. But I, I'd encourage you to do that. And just, you know, realise that as a daughter of the King of Kings, you know, if you've got a child, you don't necessarily, you're not asking them to be right all the time in order to be acceptable to you, are you? And, you, and God doesn't do that to us. We're acceptable to him. 
And I think it's really important that we know that. I, your identity is really, really important in dealing with the whole issue of um, worrying about getting things wrong. Okay.